Hey, this is Dallas Smith, and you're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast, the only podcast that talks hockey and country thunder, two of Canada's best things. Hey, it's Colby Armstrong, and you're listening to some real massive sassy weapons on the Monday Nooner. If people ask you if they want to go do something in life, just say, why wouldn't a guy? Or, why wouldn't a girl? Trap across the ice to Bernhardt. Bernhardt in on the left wing. He looks for Wick. Wick. I kicks it through his skate. A nice play. Didn't really need to do that there, but he did it anyway. Hashtag WWAG. Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. This is twirl number three of the Monday Nooner podcast brought to you by... And yes, we do have some sponsors now. I want to shout them out right off the top. It's brought to you by... Cathedral Electric and Dave Spooner had him jump on board. We'll hear more about uh, what he has to offer throughout the show. Joel Trapp of Realty One in Regina. Big shout out to Trapper, last week's player profile, now a sponsor of the program, and also brought to you by Healthy Eyes Optometry and Pat's alumni, Dr. Sean Fleming, great goaltender as well. As well as Great Western Brewing. And today, lockdown 22 fresh. That is a nice uh, little ad and a big shout out to Kipper for uh, doing a deal with the Monday Nooner podcast. You heard them. I have yet to introduce the, the other two pigeons here. Twirl number one, he was completely buckled, totally redeemed himself, twirl number two. And I think <laughs> twirl number three, he might be getting buckled again. Shink, how you feeling? We, we, we shoot. Have another 06. We, we roll this at like eight o'clock, right? On an evening. Michael Ball's basement. Thank you very much. Ballsy growing the game. His podcast. Yeah, he lets us use his gear. So. Yeah, he lets us use his gear. Um, very fantastic podcast, as long as the uh, the Saskatchewan football scene goes. Yeah, but my wife watches me start to drink at like 5.30 on uh, nights that we're going to record, and she rolls her eyes and like leaves. And I, I don't. Like, I just, being the guy who does the audio stuff and having to watch the levels and make sure our guests are able to hear us and we can hear them, I just I haven't been able to get greased yet because I just don't trust... Uh, knowing Ballsy's gear well enough yet to do that. Hey, great episode coming up. We've got uh, Troy Volhofer coming up. Of course, uh, he's involved with Country Thunder. And kind of a music theme to the the twirl because I want to introduce this guy as the other guy in Lady Antebellum. That's what people have been saying. He's like the third <laughs> guy in Lady Antebellum. You don't know he's there, and then he pops up in the, uh, the pictures. <laughs> Kinner, how are you doing this week? After that fucking wonderful intro, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> if we're Lady Antebellum, who's Hillary Scott? <laughs> I'll be the old lady that they got rid of, remember? Because she was in the band. Oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking of Sugar Knight. Charles Kelly and Hillary Scott. I'm also the agent behind the scenes for the band. You? No, you're Dave. You're the third guy from Lady Antebellum. You're Dave. You play the piano. <laughs> I think you might write a few tunes. Anyways, let's go. So we were a wagon after Twirl 2, appreciative, like, very appreciative to everybody out there. There were when when is Twirl Three coming out? Um, the Twitter feed was rolling. Kinner and Boz, you guys had that going. It, it was pretty cool. It was overwhelming. Even getting texts and stuff from people asking about Twirl Number Three. Like if you'd have told us a month ago, people are going to be like checking in to see when we're going to have some new audio and and just shooting the shit and and interviews and stuff like that. I would have told you you're crazy, but. Here we are in twirl number three with some great sponsors and a great plan to set the wheels in motion here. And Yeah, man, it's been unreal. Like I'd, At first, I thought people would be messing us, telling us to shut it down, that we're a bunch of degenerate donkeys. 
two, we'd have a clothing deal, we'd have a couple of sponsors, and we'd have people wanting another episode. It's baffling. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And boys, this is only going to ramp up. Like Today, we're going to talk some senior hockey and the tweet that we sent out about uh, the oldest senior hockey players. Like This is just going to ramp up when hockey comes back and senior hockey's out there. Look forward to seeing how this goes. And thanks to you guys, especially you, Boz. Your editing on everything is amazing. Listen, I don't need my tires pumped. At, at home. Yeah, sure you don't. Uh, of course, we've got to mention the pods, of course, always recorded on Treaty 4 land. Shout out to the Treaty 4. Now, we had a comment appealing to the female listeners. And I have no idea what to do that. Like, we're going to talk about senior hockey guys and their ranchers. I don't have no idea, right? You know, I have lots of female friends that, uh, like, three or four of them every week that are like, yeah, listen to Twirl number two. Like, we're about, and I'll just say, we're about 80% male, but we have 20% uh, female. So that's, there's there's a female demographic. They should. Sure. If well, they have a... To the female demographic that listens, if there's any of them that are single, Boz apparently has a rope and he's single. That, that yeah, Boz is the single guy in the band for sure. Um, we can we can do that thing, but yeah, like let's let's get it on. Maybe a splurge club report and twenty two fresh. Kip well, Simon, they got, got a lot uh, of nice stuff for the ladies at twenty two fresh. Oh, they got uh, a lot of great gear there. I was just gonna say, in terms of uh, having a reporter, maybe like I just had something pop into my head about Josh Miller. Maybe when the bars open back up, he could be our uh, Saturday <laughs> night one a. He could send us voicemails when he leaves the bar at last call, <laughs> and just give an update on uh, called the late night sweats edition. <laughs> That's or a get whole... tucked in with Millsy. <laughs> With that's a feature we can sell you that fellas yeah okay so <laughs> coming up in twirl three the come up for joel trap realty residential or commercial joel is deadly he's not the cheesy realtor guy drive he drives a truck he's down to earth doesn't drive like a cayenne or something uh, joel trap realty you can find him that's trap with two P's, by the way. Find them on Google, any of the socials, Joel Trap, all the Monday Nooner guys know them. Okay, so we're going to talk uh, some golf, update on the courses in the province that we've played. The Monday Nooner golf day you guys both went to. I think you guys had a few pops after that. Monday Nooner story time, the swag story. Kinner's going to jump in on that and Boz, and I'm sure I will because I can't shut up. See what Boz has to say about going on in the gambling world. Oh, my God. After I'm getting destroyed after the match, man. I lost like 80 bucks. Oh, and I just went deeper, like the worse it got. Anyway, we'll get into that later for Western Pizza. Interview in threes for Healthy Eyes Optometry, Dr. Sean Fleming. It's Troy Volhofer. Former minor hockey league in Regina, WHL with the Blades. His pro career taking over the world's largest staging company, one of the world's largest staging companies, and of course the executive producer of Country Thunder, which comes to Regina and is now one of the biggest music festivals in North America. So Troy Volhofer joining us seemed pretty cool. Senior hockey in the back half. The oldest players in the province, like it exploded on Twitter when we posed the question, who is going to, you know, kind of go with that? We figured we'd bring on Mike Sittler, captain of the Wilkie Outlaws. He's got a lot of comments. He's going to join us. We plan to continue this whole senior hockey thing. It's the love, right? The senior hockey guys get no love. So senior, I feel like the senior, I feel like the senior hockey guy is the profile picture on Facebook of my boat guy. Because they just want some attention. They don't want a lot of attention, but you know, it's like, oh, here's the picture of my boat with the launch. And so senior hockey guy, that's where we're going to go there. And then we're going to 
if we have some time at the end, we're going to have Kent from Revenue Canada join us about uh, taxing when you're playing senior hockey and what taxes you should be filing. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, maybe getting that in at the end of the twirl, if time permits. I have a feeling it won't, but uh, maybe it will. Hey, what you guys? Uh, what you guys been up to the last few weekends? This is the one of the first few days here this past weekend. I didn't uh, didn't golf. I did crush some O sixteens. I was up at the lake with my folks up at Turtle Lake, crushing Great Western Brews. But uh, anybody been swinging the clubs? I actually, did Tor Hill on Saturday. A greased ninety two, but you know what? It's better than better than the alternative of not playing. So what's the course? Beers were cold. Where have you played, Boz? What kind of courses? I've played. Uh, well, I got the membership at the Royal. Not a big deal, as some Must people nice. say. Um, yeah, so I played the Royal five or six times. I played Murray twice, tour once. Why not buy a membership and then pay to play a bunch of other places like an idiot? Uh, yeah, so I played those three, and then I played the, the Lakeview Par 3 with the Monday Nooner guys, took down Bear Trap, and he owes us some brewskis. So, yeah, played a few. I heard, obviously, in Saskatoon, Moon Lake, Dunes, Holiday Park, City Club are in great shape. Riverside, of course, is always going to be in great shape. So Roman and I go to this Northern Twirl. We play Nipwin first time ever. Not, not in the greatest of shape, they tell me. I thought it was fantastic. A hell of a golf course. You ever played Nipwin? Yeah, I played it on a stag once. I don't remember a lot, but oh. brother-in-law's stag up there, Tobin. Yeah. It was tough. Then, yeah, Tobin, like, supposed to be amazing there, too. Then we shot over to, to Waska Sioux, spent a t- couple nights at the cabin, and Waska Sioux is in fantastic shape. So, this, we, you know, when we shoot across there, we go through Choiceland, pouring rain, Choiceland, Saskatchewan, home of Kevin Coral, former Regina Pat, and his brother, Scott Coral. And I think they have a sign when you drive into town that says home of the corals, but I think it was down in the ditch that, and Kevin's in his Pat's gear and Scott's in his Saskatoon Royals gear. So it's pouring rain. So we go over there. So have you heard the Elk Ridge story? Everyone's talking about that. That they're not opening? It's yeah, in receivership. I've, I've, I heard two different stories. That was one of them. I'm not going to tell the other one just because. I think they're supposed to be open. I'm going up there in two weeks. Uh, you might want to check on that. So. Elk Ridge. Maybe book a time at Waska Sioux just in oh, case. Yeah, and it's in sick shape, yeah. Kenner. Book a time at Waska Sioux. So there, it's in receivership, right? So when Ryan Danberg ran it, place was buzzing. Weddings, conferences, wintertime buzzing. It's it, it was amazing. And then Ryan left, and it seemed like it kind of went south from there. And yeah, now it's in receivership. Four million. You know that hotel? I want to say they probably built it for like 20 to 30 million and then you get the golf course the hotel the golf course and you get like 13 condos i think along one of the sides you should call up kelly taylor and ask him he might know more but there's been a couple of low ball offers and they haven't gone through so i'm going to make this claim right now on the podcast that if i win one of the lotto max like over 40 mil wow i'm going to buy that place we'll call it the monday nooner resort have a big shaker we'll get fran moran wouldn't it be nice the restaurant would have like all bonanza food from the old school, like chicken Monterey's. That place was pretty deadly for a while. My brother got married there <sighs> so in 2012 good. or 13. Yeah, it was unreal, but uh, pretty sad for sure. Yeah, I hope someone picks up that place and we can go up there and have a round. In the winter, it's beautiful. Absolutely. I got to stop saying absolutely. Dude, I've been, I was listening to the podcast and yeah. I always say absolutely. You don't talk in your mic and I always say absolutely. Like Kinner, he's... I don't- at all so we're good hey dave from <laughs> flady Antebellum. 
right? Just roll. All right, Monday Nooner Player Profile brought to you by Cathedral Electric. Everyone wants a person they know that can uh, fix things, and Dave Spooner's that guy. He's not going to take your family's money, your money, whatever. He's going to get come in, see the electrical job, do a nice job for you, charge you a fair price. You want an electrician, you know, Dave Spooner. He's the Monday Nooner guy. You can call 530-9438. Of course, it's 306. I don't know anyone that's got a not a 306 number. Cathedral Electric. Cathedral Electric. Look him up on Facebook, whatever. Yeah, he's uh, he's pumped to be a part of the show, and we're happy to have him. And just make sure if you need any work done, you give Spoons a call. Really solid, And dude. it's going to happen. Best customer service going, too. Unreal. Yeah, he was yeah. doing calls from the Lakeview Bar 3. You can do that when you're the boss. But, uh, yeah, give him a yeah. call. Uh, we're happy to have him on board. All right, here's our profile. Team White All-Star Paul Albers, 34 years old, born in Melville, Saskatchewan. 6.01 in height, 195 Ew. pounds. Sl- he's a slender fellow for sure, Paul. Five years in the dub, fellas. Wow. Calgary, Regina, Vancouver, 62 points as a D-man in his final season in the dub. That guy might have one of the hardest snapshots I've ever seen. Yeah, Him and Jamie Heward, I find. Okay, so he played uh, back to the, he played in the East Coast League, AHL, then the German League, a little bit in Italy. He also plays with the United Chiefs here in Regina, and of course he plays senior with the Balcaris Broncos. I heard the Broncos are thinking about having the podcast out to start the year. That's going to be a nice twirl. He's so good, like you guys said, when he wants to turn it up, look out but he's a quiet guy unassuming like he rolls into the room you'd think he's like an it guy from sastel just coming to check out the wires but yeah when team white when he's not there team white's usually screwed so paul albers the uh cathedral electric player profile this week and one fun fact to end the player profile did you know he speaks four languages i i've barely heard him say 10 words <laughs> He tripped me once, actually. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, Albie's definitely uh, a great guy. Hey, um, what we're going to try and do here, we're trying to expand what we talk about and the things we uh, bring up on the pod because we are covering the full uh, full province of listeners and people uh, from all over Canada, some listeners in the United States, and even a couple listens in Germany, boys. Anyway. Albers, Albers say the Monday Nooner <laughs> probably in German. S- somebody played within <laughs> nah, the German Boys, good and nah. Um Anyway, we Get do want to tell. Volkswagen on as a sponsor. <laughs> Das Auto. We do want to uh, tell some stories from Monday Nooner because I think they're things that any hockey player, senior, minor pro, pro, rec can relate to uh, when we tell stories from things that happened out on the ice. So this was this past season. Uh, Kinner, I'm going to need your help on this one. So Kinner sends out an email every week saying, boys, we got ice or whatever, and then we always got to make sure we got two goalies. Everybody's going through this, right? The biggest thing is getting two goalies because we play at noon on a Monday. A lot of people got to work, right? especially with short notice. So we were short a goalie, and we don't want to play post. Like, that's just Bush League. I guess, Kinner, you're going out with emails about not having a goalie and kind of take it from there on, on your point of view of how we got our second uh, tendy the one day. Well, in all honesty, I I uh, assumed that we had two. I didn't follow up with one of the gentlemen, and he couldn't make it, so we were scrambling. I tried everybody in the book. No one wants to be the guy to send out the email saying, boys, it's canceled because there's no second goalie. So Barn goes, I got this. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm going to go to the cooperators. I'm going to try and find us a goalie. He's like, there's no way. And this is 11.15, almost 11.30. Like, boys are showing up already. He goes, well, I'm going to sit in the parking lot and see if I can see a goalie coming out. 
I was like, all right, man, if you want to try it, try it. He goes, and all of a sudden my phone rings about 10 minutes later. It's 20 to 12 at this point. He goes, I got one. I was like, where? He goes, I found a guy. He's in full gear and he's going to walk over as we speak. I was like, There's whatever. I'm like, you're screwing with it. He goes, no, man, swear to God, he just put on skate guards. He's walking over. Sure shit. Ten minutes later, this guy stumbles through the, the door, pumped to play. Never played on the Brand Center before, and he's pumped. So we, we think that you know, he's got his gear. He's puts his bag down. We told him we'd give him 15 bucks. <laughs> I think we told him we'd give him 30, and we ended up giving him 15 because nobody wanted to pay him. Classic nooner. I did. not, he didn't, not only did he bring just his gear, he actually brought his ex-girlfriend and current <laughs> baby mama to watch. He, he it's started, unreal. And there's and a he, t- actually, he won the game for us. He actually played quite well. There's a ton of guys that saw him walking into the uh, brand center when they got there in his full gear. Like, just imagine a 40-year-old man walking in his full goalie gear. Do you want me to chime in now? Literally, everybody out there, I sat in my vehicle last resort because you've all been in that spot waiting for a goalie to walk in to play cooperators nooner. And I'm like, well, just pick him off and tell him to come play with us. No, an old guy walked out. He was like 80 years old. He just finished playing. And I'm like, hey, do you want to play again at the Brand Center? He's like, not a chance. I'm 80, whatever. Okay, so then I'm just like, I'm going to walk in. And I walked into the Brand Center Nooner. And sure enough, there's a goalie and like four guys shooting on him. And it looks boring for everybody involved. So then I open up the gate and I'm like, hey, can you come over here? And I'm like dressed up in my work gear. So I kind of look like an agent. And I'm like, do you want to come over and uh, skate with the... You look like you grew up in California. (laughs) Nice town. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, do you want to come over to the Brandt Center and stop some pucks for like some old Pat's alumni, Pat sponsors and all that? And he's like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, we need a goalie real bad. He's like, yeah, I'd love to. I've never, I, I work here. I never played on that ice. And his buddy comes over and goes, dude, you're getting the call up. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So yeah, he puts on his skate guards and he hoofed it over. So everyone that knows Regina, he was in the art. What's the uh, seven Oaks RMP? No. What's the one? Best Western. Best, best Western. Western. Yeah. So he hoofed it from the best Western to the Brant center. And that's where we call them. Now we call them swags. So every time in the podcast from here on in, when we talk about swags, it was Shane and he played outstanding and then he has a jersey that says Swagger on it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's how I got Swags. the name Swagger. Um, but, yeah, the thing about his ex-old lady, there was a, a gal in the stands, right? And typically we play COVID rules, no fans we have for two years. But uh, there's a there gal in the no, stands. No ladies. And she's like up. Bratzel brings his family. Yeah, Bratzel brings the, the crew. But I see this gal in the stands, right, which is rare. So I kind of make a comment to him. He was very quiet, didn't say much. I kind of said, oh, he brought your, your gal. And he said... She's not my gal. She's my ex-old lady. And I'm like, you don't need to say anymore. And uh, yeah, now he's our e-bug. Ah, great guy. All right, boys, time for my pigeon parlay of the week. It is brought to you by Western Pizza on South Albert and Spiro Bonus and his crew. I stop there about once a week, grab a pie. They got a great deal on larges. I go ham and pineapple. If you don't like that, I don't give a shit. I think it's awesome. I know people always debate that on Twitter. We're not going to have that debate here. Um, but yeah, shout out to Spiro, Pigeon Parlay of the Week. Hey, shout out to Darren Anderson, a steady listener of the pod as well. He sent out a, a picture that he picked up a pie from Western Pizza because he heard about it on the Monday Nooner podcast. And uh, yeah, appreciate that support there. Does anybody, uh, I thought you were going to jump in here and roast me about my 
my uh well do you want me to because so you so i'm not gonna roast you because we didn't really know so i bet you said go phil and and tom brady and i'm a brady guy but i'm a tiger guy too right so it was pretty tough so i went brady and phil and i went heavy on a straight up win and then before it starts when it's raining and they're on the range i start talking about how it's Tiger Woods. Home course. Medalist. Uh, yeah. Pigeon. So I did not know that. Any good gambler would have done his freaking research and known that Tiger plays there like four times a week. I didn't know that. If I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have made the bet I made. I also didn't know that Tom Brady sucked other than that one shot. And I mean, he looked like me out there. Like he had some shanks. Did you guys see Peyton, five head, playing? And he was the only guy guzzling. What was in that little cock? There was for sure some in there. Yeah, he he was loose. He He was was just loose. He was deadly on the par threes. Anyway, just a terrible bet by me. I'm sorry if anybody listened in. They heard it before uh, the golf match. I I lost a few, but you win some, you lose some, right? What do you got going for us now? You know, I didn't, I haven't, I'll be honest. If I'm going to keep doing this segment, I should probably start doing a little bit more research. Like normally when, when sports are humming, I'm on here three, four hours a day. So my uh, my pigeon parlay of the week, not a parlay again. Got to do futures because there's just nothing to parlay. I need somebody to hold me accountable and write these down and keep track of uh, what I'm losing. But I'm going to throw a couple of units on the Dallas Stars at 15 to 1 to win the cup. I think they're a good team. I think this new format is... A little bit bizarre, like anything can happen. Um, the other one, I wanted to put money on Edmonton because they're my team, 26 to 1. That's a heart bet. That's a heart bet. So I might throw a half a unit on them just uh, because I like them. And then I'm going to throw a real long shot, guys, uh, and you'll probably laugh at me, in the Eastern Conference on the New York Rangers, 42 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know. Nothing big, just a couple bucks uh, It's been so long since we watched hockey and this this whole new format, like really what is going to go go down? Well, I was thinking too, like guys are all back from injuries and stuff too, right? And I'm, yeah. I can't even really remember who was all out, but somebody said to me, the Penguins could be a wagon because that Jake Gensel who scored like 40 goals last year, he's back from an injury that was supposed to be out for the year. Like, Stuff like that. So it's a whole new game, but uh, look forward to okay, so here, gambling this- heavy. I got I to gotta mention something quick here before we get into our interview, before I forget. Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex official band of the pod. I uh, just want to give them a shout out again for being our official band of the podcast. And everybody, and then you said something about too, because we have so many people listening on Spotify and Apple and, and all the different things, and you want people to subscribe, right? Yeah. So if you subscribe, I mean, you probably all know this, but if you subscribe, you'll get a notification when our podcast comes out. No. So you don't have to wait and ask. It'll come up. You'll get a notification. I want you to rate us five stars, preferably. We actually got all five stars. Yeah. And if you want to uh, write a review, why wouldn't a guy, right? Clint McConkey wrote a nice review. Talked like he liked the Pat talk, the old Pat days, and uh, yeah, Jason Duke. I don't think he wrote a re- review, but he was waiting for this week to come out too. Yeah, so you subscribe to it, and everybody, thank you so much. And I know I came in hot last episode with you know people that weren't liking it and stuff, but man, we will continue this. Why not? Why wouldn't a guy? Why wouldn't a guy? Quickly before we get into that interview, which I know is brought to you by Healthy Eyes Optometry, let's just give a quick shout out again. Cathedral Electric, Joel Trap Realty of Realty One in Regina, 22 Fresh, Great Western. We got a, about a handful of sponsors. And, and you know what? Uh, the 22 them. Fresh thing, I'm dead serious. If you need a birthday presents for anybody, COVID drive-by, print it off at home, boom, 
25 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever. It is a fan and all the kids want to wear it. Don't forget that promo code from Kip or over at uh, 22 Fresh as well. 15% off for any of our uh, listeners of the podcast. Just type in Monday Nooner at checkout. 15% off gear from 22 Fresh. That's right. And that's a real thing. Hey guys, Mike Sillinger here. President, GM, head coach, captain, and champion of Team White. You are listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. In the rafters, Huey. Suck it. Hey everyone, this is Jamie Heward, former Team Black captain. And you're listening to the Monday Nooner Podcast. Suck it, silly! And the interview brought to you by Healthy Eyes Optometry and Dr. Sean Fleming. Everyone should be getting their uh, bulbs, rods, and cones checked. Of course, take them to the former Pats goalie. Why wouldn't a guy? Why wouldn't a guy? Dr. Sean Fleming on Rochdale and Regina. Healthy Eyes Optometry. Dead serious. you got to go get your eyes checked. Why not go to Flem's? So born in 1966, Regina, Saskatchewan, started his WHL career with Regina Pats, a couple of games as a 16-year-old, then Winnipeg Warriors and Westminster Bruins, then three years with the Saskatoon Blades. In his last year, he had a heck of a year there, scoring over 50. Uh, stops in Baltimore, IHL stops, Muskegon, Flint, then the East Coast, Winston-Salem, ended with Nashville, the Nashville Knights. He then gets into the staging business, music festival business, and nowadays everyone knows him as the guy that creates hundreds of jobs in Saskatchewan and brings smiles to thousands of people's faces across the country. Executive producer of Country Thunder Music Festivals. Happy to call him a friend. Troy Volhofer joining us from Nashville. Troy, how are things going down there? Ooh, uh, it's been vacation time, but actually going all right. You know, I mean, I've been on the road for a long time and, uh, you know, to have a little bit of time off, uh, forced time off. There could be worse places to quarantine, let me tell you that. Yeah, no no doubt. Now, back to your, your hockey days. We're going to go back here on this podcast. It's what we do when you go back to your minor hockey days in Regina. Um, growing up, um, were you, I guess, one of the studs usually on your team? Were, you know, were there some other guys that you were always kind of chasing? Wow. Okay, we're going way back. Yeah, no, I remember I scored my first goal as a, an eagle in the early birds organization, which was Tom Thumb. And then uh, Taylor Hall was, uh, I played with Taylor and Jason Hall on that team. And uh, Taylor got the assist. And, and then and then the next year I played, that was, no, that was the Hawks. And then I played for the Eagles the next year. Now I played, with some, I played against some great guys like Timmy Iannone and, a kid named Jaworski, who was a really good player. Um, Do you and, remember uh, a guy named Blaine Crest? I don't know if you guys, if you guys remember Blaine Crest, mm. but uh, he was touted to be like the next Wayne Gretzky. Oh, and uh, one of those guys, a fantastic player. Now score at will. Uh, amazing, amazing player. Did you guys? Uh, Timmy Iannone was an amazing player. I'm sorry. Did you guys travel a lot back then? Like, do you remember? You know, maybe you're like Adam Peewee going to traveling Saskatchewan, going to different tournaments, playing guys in Saskatoon and whatnot. No, no. Uh, traveling started probably in Peewee. We would go to Brandon for that tournament in Brandon, and that's pretty much it. Tom Thumb. We went to Gravelberg to play exhibition games against the Gravelberg <laughs> team. I mean, that's pretty much it. The Paris of the Prairies, uh, right there. Yeah. There you go, right? And then I played for the Juliana Pizza Falcons, which is the Bantam Double uh, A team. Nice. And uh, we had a good team. And Kevin Blevins was our goalie, and uh, Jason Hall, 
and uh, and I don't remember anybody else. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I really don't. It was, um, again, That's a long so time ago. Yeah. Brand, it was a long time. It wasn't that long ago because I'm only 29. So it wasn't that long ago. So <laughs> hey, I found a, a picture of you hoisting the Air Canada Cup. Now, my first question with that is that what would be like the TELUS Cup or Midget AAA? Like, I think it was Midget AA, but was that the highest level at that no, point? No, 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 it was AAA, 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 AAA. Okay, okay. It, it was, it, it was, so, so back at that time, there was, so my first year playing Midget, there was two teams. So they came out with a Pac Capitals and a Pac Canadians. And then they combined the Pac Canadians and the Pac Capitals my second year Midget because Bob Strum really wanted to win the Air Canada Cup, which would have been the highest AAA trophy in, in Canada at that time. And we beat the Notre Dame Hounds, which was Wendell Clark's group, uh, to continue on to uh, to to win the Air Canada Cup, and, and there were some great players on that team, like um, Len Nielsen, um, uh, Timmy Iannone. God, I'll leave somebody out, and then I'll kick myself in the head after this thing. But no, there were some amazing players. Summer Odelin was on that team. Um, there were some great guys. Uh, Mick Shaw was our goalie. Um, Lovesy started with us at the beginning of the year, and then we had uh, yeah, no, and we. It was an amazing thing to go and win that championship because we were definitely the underdog. And Red Berenson was the announcer doing play-by-play. I actually somebody sent me a tape of it of the final game because it was on national TV and we watched it uh, one night at my house and we had some good laughs because the advertisements were hilarious. You were the captain. You didn't mention that part. Yeah, I was fortunate and uh, honored to be the captain of that team. So no, it was it was, uh, it, was it was great. You know, so I mean, I, we had, we had a great a great team, and uh, you know, the irony is that only a couple of guys off of that team actually played went on to play professional hockey, which was kind of an interesting t- statistic because there were some great players um, uh, who played on that club, but um, you know, only a couple of us were able, you know, blessed to be able to take the next step after junior hockey. Now, do you want to talk about because it's kind of an epic story when we're out at Country Thunder, and I've been told it a few times, and you told it to me. Do you want to tell the story about you know all this could have went sideways because you almost died one day in high school? Yeah, I did, and and uh, it was an unfortunate situation. Um, I mean, it's a good lesson to be you know that you're not invincible. You everyone thinks they're invincible, you know, when they're 16 years old or whatever, and makes them not necessarily great decisions, but. Um, Kurt Wickenheiser and I were driving down the street, and I, I accidentally, I was chewing tobacco at that time, and I think I chewed it more for to get dizzy than I did for actually the reason you chew tobacco for. But anyways, uh, I spat out the window, and I, and, and I landed on somebody's car, and um, these guys surrounded us right at uh, the, the museum, uh, Albert Street, and uh, whatever that street is, um, and punched me in the head and they were going to beat the shit up, beat, beat, beat us up. And, and so Wick just puts the pedal to the metal and we're out. So there was about eight guys who surrounded this car. So we were like going to be, you know, we're going to get our eight hockey buddies. We're going to go back and, you know, have a, you know, a straightening out discussion the next day. Ha ha. Well, that yeah, attitude exactly. adjustment. So, so anyways, we get there, the school and none of my, hockey player friends actually show up and then I encounter this guy and uh, we have kind of a tussle and you know I was a way better fighter off on the ice than I was off the mm-hmm. ice and on the ice I wasn't a great fighter so put that you know just put that into perspective so the teacher breaks up the fight and he says all right uh, I said 
can I wait for Wick to get out of class? Because believe it or not, Wick was actually in class. <laughs> the only day he was ever in class. Why wouldn't a guy, right? <laughs> I think. Why wouldn't a guy be at typing class and your buddy's fighting <laughs> some guy enemy on the bottom floor of the school? Why wouldn't a guy? Anyways, get outside the school and uh, Lyndon Byers shows up. And, uh, and this this guy shows up with about 10 guys. And they jump out of this car. And he comes up, and, and LB says to me, Lyndon says, Dolph, you better stand up. This guy's coming to fight you. And I got the other guys. So the guy comes up, and then he just pulls out a butcher knife that's about 6 inches, maybe 10 inches, maybe 12 inches. No, it's 12 inches long. It's big. And uh, he stabbed me in the stomach and punctured my lung and punctured my spleen. And, uh, and I'm running from the guy. And he throws the knife, and he hits me in my ankle. I look up, and I got nowhere to go because... All of these guys are standing there waiting for me to run towards them. And LB, Lyndon Byers, goes thinking like a total street guy, goes to the back of his car, gets a tire jacket, chases these guys down the street, and prevents me from having to you know, fight anymore. I look down, I got blood squirting straight out. So when I get to the, when I get to the, uh, the, the grass part of LaBoldis High School in the front of the school, uh, I'm leaking, and I'm leaking so bad that I'm starting to pass out. This guy comes out of nowhere, and it's Jason Hushy, oh. and he puts his finger in the, where the wound was and stops the bleeding from going, you know, all over the place. And that's it. And that's all wow. I remember. And uh, other than the next day, two days later, I couldn't. They wouldn't allow anyone in my hospital room because I was in pretty rough shape. And well, two or three days later, Garth Butcher shows up. And he wants to put a bottle of vodka in my intervenous. <laughs> back, back to the hockey stuff. You got a few stops in the um, in the WHL. Regina Pats. I'm figuring you get pulled up there for a couple of games, and you go to Winnipeg, and then that New Westminster stop in '84, '85. You look at that roster. There are some big names that went on there. You got Cliff Ronning, Mark Recchi, Bill Ranford, Craig Berube. That New Westminster team. Were you guys a wagon? Were you guys pretty good? Cliff Ronning? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, well, I, I, when I got out there, I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing. So we rolled. and and But it was, like, weird. It was like playing Junior B or something because no fans showed up to the games. It was it was like a – the bus was, like, built in 1930. Um, it was a weird situation. I was like, I, I don't really want to play here. And I had this deal with Winnipeg because I didn't want to go to Winnipeg. And, I, and this sounds really pompous, but I was like, I didn't want to go. To, I had a full ride to the University of Wisconsin. My mom's going, you got to go to university. You got to go to university. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to university. And so I'm going to go to Winnipeg. Strummer, Strummer traded me. So I thought I was a bad influence on Brent Fettick, who was touted to be a first-rounder, which he ended up being to Detroit Red Wings. So I go and I cut a deal for myself with Tommy Thompson, who was the general manager of the Winnipeg Warriors at that time. Graham James was there. He was assistant coach. And... uh Southern, Southern, Bruce Southern was the, was the head coach. And I cut this deal, $7,000 plus all of my education paid for after if I don't sign a pro deal, which wasn't in, no one, the, the WHL at that particular time wasn't honoring any scholastic uh, advancements after he played. So I cut this deal. I went to New West when I got, because I wouldn't go to Moose Jump. And so they traded me to New West and uh, I get to New West, and they won't honor the deal. So about three weeks in, four weeks into my stay in New West, I said, I'd like to be traded back to the East. So Strummer tried to get me back to Regina because he found out that I wasn't. You know, I, 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 was, I had a pretty good year in Winnipeg and whatever under, under 
terrible circumstances. So New West, I go into the, I go and they say, okay, we'll trade you. So they suspended me, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do because I got kicked out of my billet house. They're like, you're out. So <laughs> I called Garth Butcher. He goes, oh man, just stay at my house. He goes, I'll be home tonight. Well, Butch has this palatial mansion with an indoor swimming pool out in Langley. He's playing for the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, wow. So I roll in there, and Taylor Hall, my other friend, he's blowing his knee out, and he plays for the Canucks, so he's staying at Butch's house. Butch gets sent to the minors that day. So Butch gets sent to Fredericton, and I, me and Taylor Hall and Butch's wife were hanging out in Butch's mansion, swimming in a swimming pool and partying downtown. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Butch. Vancouver, it was fantastic. Right. Oh, and then, and then I got trade, and that's when I got traded Saskatoon. Yeah, okay, so Saskatoon, you go to Saskatoon, and there's, uh, there is a young, a young 17-year-old there named Wendell Clark. How much, uh, you know, how much do you remember of Wendell and and? Oh, I go back with Wendell so far because we were always uh, played against each other. And we were always, he was always my nemesis. So and he'd always try to hip-check me when i go down on him, try to take him wide. He was always hip-checking me and stuff, and I was trying to spear him. And, you know, I mean, that's just the way it was. He was a great competitor. Um, he was he was the Saskatoon Blades at that time. I mean, but there were some pretty cool guys who played there, too. It was Grant Jennings was on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shovel Day. Shovel Day but Tim Shovel Day was our goalie. Um uh, who else was on that team? They're, they're, Larry De Palma. Yeah, so <laughs> we had some beauties. Uh, Randy Smith. Yeah, some guys who played Trent Yanni, who had a great career in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, so they were all on that team, and uh, Wendell was kind of like, you know, he he had great leadership skills, and he was tough as nails. I mean, I saw him fight John Cordick one day, right in front of me, and I'd never ever seen a fight, and I still have never seen a fight like that today. I mean, it was toe to toe for probably I would say a good two and a half minutes, and there was. It was punch after punch after punch after punch, and John Cordick was in medicine hat at the time. No, it was, it was, it was, but Wendell was an amazing player. Uh, he deserves all the success that he got in the NHL. He had a snapshot that was, I mean, I tried to figure that thing out. I'd stay on the ice trying to figure out how to snap, and I just figured out, well, that's not in my genes, so I just probably need to surrender doing that move. But yeah, no, he's a talented guy. 17, he was 17 years old that year. Get this, Buzz. 17 years old, scored 87 points, had 253 penalty minutes. Unbelievable. Okay, so your second year, you mentioned Randy Smith. He's a friend of the old Shinkrick family from back in Saskatoon as well. He's a buzzsaw. 70 games for Randy, 146 points. Like, that is a huge year in the WHL. I don't care what year you play. Yeah, no. I mean, we, is that the year that we had the four, 50 goal scores well we, let's go back here but i hear some of the names i remember because i remember going to the rink as like a nine-year-old watching this team and you you mentioned larry de palma tracy katelnikoff grant kachuk jack bocas rest in peace brian glenn kelly chase todd mcclellan Kerry clark 16 year old kevin kaminsky and shovel day and net like what a team you guys you know you didn't win it by any means but yeah, that was a heck of a team that second year in saskatoon oh we were good and there was four guys on that team that scored 50 goals i mean it was fun it was, I mean, I love scoring goals. So, I mean, for me, it was like, ah, I loved it. Well, you had you had 55 that year, and, of course, uh, the next year you play pro. Let's talk about, uh, I guess, how you ended up going from there to pro, maybe talk about uh, signing that, that first contract and how you ended up uh, where you ended up in the AHL. Well, all my other buddies were – so I had, I had a tryout with uh, Washington Capitals. I went to their summer thing and then went to their training camp, and um, I had a great training camp. played – Played really well and played in a couple exhibition games. Played um, New Jersey, scored a hat trick. I was playing with Dave uh, Christian and Michael Pavanka. On the way back 
to Washington, I get a plane to Binghamton without a contract. So I called my agent. My agent goes, don't go to Binghamton. I go, I'm going. So I went to Binghamton. I was there for a day. And my agent calls me and goes, come to Toronto. I have three other teams that are interested in signing you. So I went to Toronto, and I'm, and this guy's a lawyer in Toronto, and I'm sleeping on his couch, and the secretary's wheeling me around to not, different places. Not quite butcher's house. No, it wasn't, <laughs> but it was a really nice apartment. But after a week, I'm like, what What am I doing? I'm going to go back and play for Saskatoon as an overage. And he's like, no, 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 no. I have you a deal. I've got two teams right now that will sign you, and, and, and it's good dough. And it's either um, Detroit or Pittsburgh. Who do you want to go to? And New Jersey has an offer in there. I said, well, Pitt, who's, where's, where's the most money? And he said, well, Pittsburgh's the best deal. It's a, it's a three-year deal plus an option, and the signing bonus is a healthy signing bonus. So I signed with Pittsburgh, and I was sent to Baltimore, and it gave me enough money to make my first investment in my business. And I got like seventy grand to sign, and which was a lot of money at that particular time. And uh, I was able to uh, buy a lighting system with it, and all my other friends were... I lived with a multimillionaire kid named Dwight Mathias, and he, just, he signed as a free agent out of Denver U. And he's making a million bucks a year, and and uh, I'm driving a ACM Pacer, and he's driving his sports car. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was great. So you got yeah, you go AHL, you go Baltimore, New Haven, um, then Muskegon, and Flint in the IHL. Now we pulled up a video on youtube it was a it was the flint game boss it was a flint game i think i sent this one to you troy you fight a simon wielden fellow I, ihl 1989 everybody that's listening you go on to youtube and you what do you search? you search troy volhofer volhofer versus simon wielden ihl 1989 a fantastic scrap back and forth i love at one point you grab him by the bangs and you just start <laughs> swinging at his skull it was awesome. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a survival, right? You're yeah. trying to. You're just trying to get out of it. You're trying to. You know. You. You know how it is. I mean, you're, you're just. You know, hoping that he doesn't punch you and you go down. <laughs> yeah. I, I would do anything to win. To be honest with you, back then. I mean, it was. Uh, and anything to get out of the minors, which I wasn't fortunate enough to, to have those opportunities. Uh, you know, to um, get to the to the highest level, but. I, I I enjoyed it. I had a great career, at least, and you know, I had a lot of fun. Met a lot of amazing people throughout you know my well traveled road of hockey. I'm supposed to ask you about fighting Ray Bork. Yeah, it could be one of the dumbest things I've ever done, but it wasn't my fault. Um, and 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 it truly wasn't. It was a uh, so at the end of the deal after my after my deal is done with Pittsburgh, I'm going to hang them up. I think uh, the dream's over, and Pittsburgh moved their farm team to Muskegon and their number one farm team. And when I get to Muskegon, they already got like five guys who are like total rock stars. So you got Jock Callender there, Boris Mikhailik. I mean, these guys are true competitors and amazing players. And, and I was like, how, how, I mean, it's hard to break into a lineup like that. Even though, and so Muskegon made Pittsburgh sign those guys and they were all on IHL contracts. So it was pretty interesting at that time. And these guys could play, man. I mean, Jock Callender and Boris Mikhailik, I get kind of pushed off to the side, and but I still have like two years left on my deal, and it's like, uh, now what? So I play that year with them. The next year I go back, and I'm like, oh, I want to play. And, uh, you know, I, I want to have some more ice time. And so that's how I ended up in, in New Haven, uh, New Haven, I believe, and then I went from New Haven to Flint. But the, the I'm done. i got to tell you a quick story about Doug Wickenizer. So New York City, I'm with, it's the last game of the 
of the exhibition season, I get sat out. So I'm up in the press box in Madison Square Gardens, and there's Doug Wickenheiser. So I've known Kurt Wickenheiser since I was a child. I'd never met Doug because he was six years older, seven years older than me. So he's sitting at the end of the press box. So I mosey over there, and I go, Hey, Doug, my name is Troy Volpers. Oh, Troy, nice to meet you. You know, my parents say so much nice things about you and everything. Are all those stories about my brother true? And I'm like, whoa. Uh, I have no comment on that. So, anyways. Every uh, word. We fly home, and I get the ticket to Flint, not to Muskegon, to Flint. So, I fly in. Donnie Waddell is the general manager of Flint, and Peter Hurchuk's the coach. And this lady picks me up at the airport, and it's just a little shitty hope, hope airport. I mean, this place, make, you know, I mean, it, it was bizarre. So anyways, I, I go to this motel, and I go, and I open up the door. I get my key, open up the door, and Doug Wickenheiser is sitting on the other bed. And he had never been sent to the minors in his career, ever. And he looks at me, and he goes, what are you doing here? I go, what are you doing here? He goes, well, he sent me down for conditioning. Well, those are the key words that you're in trouble. Like you're never leaving. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are positive words, but negative words of somebody who's been sent down as many times as I've been sent down. And he thinks that he's going to get out of there in a week or so. So we, him and I are, are living in this little motel room and, and he's up every morning calling his stockbroker, calling his agent, checking on his real estate investments in Regina, all the apartment buildings that he owned. And, I'm like, wow, this guy's fantastic. So he taught me to drink great red wine. He was a guy who taught me how to treat a woman the proper way with all the respect and dignity and the wine and dine. And it was a fantastic opportunity to live with him. And uh, then we then we got the call and it was like, you guys probably need to get a house because you're going to be here for a while. So it was him and I and Keith Gretzky that we, who lived together. And we had a great time. And on Christmas Eve, they called up Doug and said, you're going to join the Canadian Olympic team. And that was it. And Doug went off to... Uh, I believe he'd sign with Washington. So when my Pittsburgh deal was done, I'm not doing anything. I get a call from Nevin Marquardt, and he goes, um, I, I can get you try it with the Bruins. Are you interested? And I said, well, yeah, sure. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? And so I get to the training camp. I'm a little out of shape. I, I'm not performing the way I should be performing. And basically the dream is over. And uh, Too much red wine. The trainers know everything, right? And they're going to send me to Phoenix without a contract. Nevin comes in. Nevin's injured, of course, because Nevin was injured quite a bit, right? He blew his shoulders out and stuff, and he was the kamikaze kid. I mean, he played like a madman. Dolfer, you need to do something. So I'm guarding. I'm, I'm playing right wing. I'm guarding my point. Guy two-hands me. So I don't know who two-hands me. I just turn around, drop my gloves, bam, start <laughs> punching this guy. Before you know it, I'm on, the, I'm on top of this guy, punching the shit, punching him out, and... And all of a sudden, I look down, and it's freaking the franchise. That's our franchise. Bad move. Oh, no. So the next shift out, I got to fight Lyndon Byers. The guy, you know, remember back yeah. earlier in the story? Yeah. The guy who saved my life? That guy. So I got to fight Lyndon. Lyndon's like banging in the back of my head going, Dolfer, I just need to fight you, man. Because <laughs> Terry O'Reilly and everybody's like, uh, you know, we have to take care of the franchise, right? So it's kind of interesting. So Mike Milbury actually was the coach at that time. So going to, this coaching, going to the office, you know, he's sent me down. He goes, well, I'm not sending you down because you fought Ray. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But the Boston Globe made a glorious uh, portrait of my career. You know, minor leaguer fights franchise. And that's how it was left. So so you, 
Yeah, you can. That, that's an unrealistic. Yeah. knocks out Ray Bork. Wow. Um, and then you go to fight your old buddy. Like, geez. Okay, so you kind of mentioned it in there. Um, you transition or where you're playing um, minor pro and you decide to get into the staging business. Let, let's, let's maybe go into the staging business now. How does that all move and what are the moving parts there? Um, well, my father was in show business. And uh, I was I was brought up in it, and I really enjoyed it. And it was a passion of mine. And I was just trying to figure a way that I could own the gear, own a production company, um, which my father never really had. And um, I was just kind of, that was my dream. And hockey was the vehicle. Hockey gave me enough money to start it out. And granted, I thought, you know, build it, they will come. I was so wrong. I mean, I, I had some, here in the early days, some serious trials and tribulations with financial issues, you know, just trying to make this thing work and, and still play. I played longer than I should have played just to pay payroll. And then all of a sudden one day it kind of came around and everything snapped together. And, um, I got, I think I got Def Leppard in 1993 and that was the start of where things started to take off. So uh, pe- people that don't know Troy, like that are, that are listening right now, cause it's such a fascinating story. So like, what are you buying with that money? Like you're buying a couple stages or lighting or you're, you're lighting yeah, and you know, lighting and staging and, and you know, um, all the stuff when you go to a concert and you see it set up, that's what I was purchasing at that time. And it was assets and no banks would would bank me in Saskatchewan because it was an asset that didn't have any value to a bank. You know, I mean, they didn't really understand it. And, uh, so it was all self-financed. And so it was, a it was, a it was a real tough road in the beginning, but you know, it, uh, persevered. We have some great guys who worked with us. We still have guys from those days who still are with me. I mean, they, I have the first guy who I ever hired still works with me scott Shammer. let's let's stay with the staging company premier global another thing other people that people might not get is where this has grown to like give us you know give give the listeners some insight on some of the big concerts and the world tours you've done and you know the presidential election and the nfl draft and all that it's it's wild yeah i mean we do have a pretty impressive client list i mean you know chris stapleton tim mcgraw metallica uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'm just to name a few. And the events that we do, we do Lollapalooza in Chicago. We do Austin City Limits in, in Austin. Uh, we do Ultra in Miami. Um, so there's some of the events that we do. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, it's all about the team that we have. I mean, our business is no different than, than, than a hockey team. I got, you know, Kevin Blevins, who, who works with us as a general manager, and I've Scott Shamrock, who co-heads it, and... Um, they're all Regina guys. Um, James Volhoffer was a quarterback for the Leboldis uh, <laughs> High School there and played for the Rams. Uh, he, he heads up the lighting department. And uh, Brian Andrews, who kind of oversees the CFO position. So they're all Regina guys. Underneath all of those Regina people, that's kind of how that works. But, uh, so, yeah, I mean, this guy's been around me for forever. So, And I know now people are going wow had no idea they know you as the executive producer of country thunder and how that's grown so how does country thunder start well it started actually with rock well my dad was the production manager for uh for the big valley jamboree when father larry and Rhea owned it and that was like my first gig that's where i kind of got my chops and then in the show business side of it and how I got into Country Thunder was Premier Global was the production provider for Rock in the Valley. And the Kinsmen were just tired of doing it. 
and they came to me one day on my box and said, hey, uh, we're out of the business. Like, we're not going to do this again, and it's just, uh, you know, too much of a responsibility for a volunteer staff, and do you want this gig? And I'm like, wait, I can help you revive this thing. I think I have an idea, but they go, no, no, we're done. Either you take it. I wasn't really into being a promoter. I did take it, and um, we ended up... uh, putting a deal together with the Kinsmen, and uh, we changed the name to uh, Back to Your Boots, was the, was the slogan, and to the Craven Country Jamboree. And our first year, we, we were able to snag Tim McGraw as our headliner, and we had a very successful first year, and, and that was it. And that launched the Craven Country Jamboree that then morphed into Country Thunder. And how Country Thunder became Country Thunder was about four years into the time that we had been doing the Craven Country Jamboree, another longtime production client of ours was Country Thunder in the U.S. And they asked us if we would uh, be interested in, in purchasing um, Country Thunder, and uh, we made a deal. And that's how we bought Country Thunder. So that's that. Run that for about another four or five years. So we have Country Thunder Wisconsin and Country Thunder Arizona and Craven. And then a company, the largest talent agency in America, comes in and says, we want to buy 51%. And that was William Morris Agency out of Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, sold the 51% to them, and then their mission was to expand. And so we moved into other markets, like into Iowa and then into Florida. And at that point, we thought, well, if we can really make a brand of this, we need to we need to flip the country Craven Country Jamboree slogan and a moniker into Country Thunder, and at that point we then made that decision and made the change, and then about a year and a half ago we bought the whole thing back, and uh, wow. so it's solely owned by uh, old Regina guys. That's so amazing, and then you add Calgary, and then now you got Camrose. Unfortunately, this year both of those aren't going to happen, but ex- just explain to people quickly how a festival comes together because people are always like, oh, why aren't you bringing in this guy and why aren't you bringing in this lady? And da, da, da. Explain how it all comes together where you get these amazing lineups. I'm, I'm thinking there's cocktails at the Palms in Nashville involved. May or may not be right, but how does it all come together? Yeah, yeah, you're pretty close. It's <laughs> like, uh, you know, um, I get together usually with our our uh, younger members of our staff, Samara, who is uh, from uh, Cudworth, Saskatchewan, yes. who lives in Nashville, yep. is a graduate of Belmont. Scotty's daughter lacks usually to bounce off ideas for the youthful, you know, things. And then Kim Blevins and I, Brian Andrews, get together and we, we scheme on the money. And then I start submitting the offers. And then it is the relationship business at that point. Then it's all about, like, you know, uh, going out and, you know, meet with the agents, meet with the managers, and it's all a negotiation, and um, we try to facilitate in every market the best of the best, you know, and uh, the money is massive. I mean, you know, you're talking, when you bring an act, a million-dollar act into Canada, right now it costs you $1.4 million. So it's yeah. pretty interesting. That, and that's one guy who's going to play like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, the headliner's running around a million dollars right now to a million two. And uh, so... It's a pretty big commitment from our standpoint of, of, of the artists that we bring in. And uh, and definitely, it's, you know, the, the money talks. Now, as uh, all of our listeners of our podcast know, Fran Moran uh, and the Nervous Rex are the official band of our podcast. So thanks, uh, thanks first off, for that. And maybe tell us a little bit about uh, that project. 
Oh, I love it. Uh, I'm so honored that you guys have uh, you're spinning my tunes because I think you guys are the only ones. Um, <laughs> how did that happen? It happened like this. I was running one day, and I wanted to do something for the food bank in Regina. I, it was before we had Country Thunder. It was just Craven Country Jamboree. I started going through my head, and I didn't want to have like a, a country theme to it because I wanted to have like more of a rock thing, something April wine, uh, thirty grand, uh, cheap trick, sixty grand at that time. Uh, going through my head of all these arts, but after after we do the thing, there'll be nothing left for the charity. So, I went, well, fuck it, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. And uh, I had a band in uh, high school, and we, I go out and and I, Kevin Blevins and I write some songs. And I always have written songs and stuff, but I'm a little weak on the lyrical side, great with melody. At least I think I'm great with melody. But anyways, and then we start bringing in players, you know. So I do the first gig at Craven. We, 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 we make a, probably 20 grand for the, for, for the charity. And I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. This is, my, this is my give back to, you know, my philanthropy. Plus, it's really freaking fun, right? Yeah. So... We, we go to Twin Lakes the next weekend, and Big and Rich are playing in Twin Lakes. We do the same thing. We had so much fun in Crave, and we decided to do it in Twin Lakes. The band are all, like, pro players and stuff, so we, had, we, get, to, we get to Wisconsin. We do the gig. Big Kenny comes on my bus after the gig and says, hey, man, I want to record Fram Ran and Nervous Rex. And I thought, yeah, right, sure. Sure you do. Seven o'clock the next morning, he leaves. They're, at, they're going to another show. They're on tour, and he calls me seven in the morning. He goes, Okay, September 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, uh, I got studio time booked. I'm producing your first record. And that's how it happened. Wow. And that's how that's cool. we went into his studio. And then the second record, there's a great, you know, a songwriter, a songwriter producer. I mean, he, did, he produced Pink. He produced uh, Avril Lavigne. Uh, his name is Butch Walker. He came and sang on the record. Some special guesting. We had, like, Cheryl Crow's guitar player played on the whole record. Our third guy here, Ken, are you, you, was it last week you just you listened to the whole album over and over and just sat in the backyard and got buckled? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's catchy. I definitely had more than 10 and was crushed. But it was a great tune. It was a great set of tracks to have a couple cocktails to for sure. It's, it's so good. Okay, Troy, we don't want to keep you that much longer. You've been amazing as usual. Okay, so how we usually end these interviews, we have this like Shanks rapid fire. So first one, best player you ever played with hockey-wise that should have made it bigger than he did? Keith Kretzky. Perfect. Nice question. Nice, nice answer there. Okay, the one hockey memory that you think about the most? Scoring my 50th goal against the Regina Pats in Regina. Solid Not one. a bad memory. Yeah, right there. Okay, biggest tour you've ever done staging for? Metallica. Yeah, world tour. He's like good Oliver. at this. Usually, people uh, it's not one word. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You're quick on it. Okay, favorite music venue or site? Not Craven, Saskatchewan. Uh, Country Thunder, Arizona. Oh. Love it. <laughs> Boz and I have both been there. <laughs> it was a great weekend. Oh, great venue. It's hot in a lot of ways. Uh, okay, so let's go. Favorite music artist of Troy Volhoffer all time? Cheap Trick. Wow, off the charts. Vegas didn't even have Cheap Trick <laughs> on the charts. Favorite uh, favorite concert, you, concert that you've ever been to, that one that you, kind of you think about? Van Halen, 1979 at the Regina Agrodome. 
right on Agrodome was open then. We still play in that place every Monday. Wow, amazing. Um, 77, guys. Favorite act you brought to Saskatchewan? George Strait. Yeah. That was an epic evening in the Valley. Perfect weather, everything. Uh, for you, most underrated country act out there right now? Chase Bryant. Chase Bryant, nice answer. And then the last one, favorite one-liner of Wick. Why wouldn't a guy? <laughs> Why wouldn't a guy? Right on. Okay, Troy, thank you so much. Like I said before, you do so much for the city, the area, the province. Um, I know that as soon as I reached out to you that you'd be on board doing this, and, and you've just been amazing with the friend, Moran, and hooking us up with some guys. And, you know, I know um, Kim's sitting there as well. Um, hey, you guys really need to talk to Kevin Blevins because he's got the story about Normie Johnson. That is the best oh, hockey story. It blows all mine away. I'm that, telling you. That's it's the right. That's the best Kate, story I've ever heard. Yeah, hand, hand the phone over. Hand, the first, first off, I want to sign off, and then we're going to hand the phone off. So, Troy, thanks so much for coming on. Let's do this again. Hopefully we get to do this at uh, Country Thunder at some point backstage, and we'll get some of your great. guys. It'd be amazing. Absolutely. All right. L- listen to this story. Here's Blevins. <laughs> thanks, guys. I appreciate thanks, it very Troy. much. Thank you. So Norm at the time was the North Battleford North Stars in the SHL. He was the owner, the GM, and the coach. He used to joke that he could have like an executive meeting in his bathtub with his M and M, and everybody was there because it was just him. So he ruled that team with like an iron fist, and. In that season, which was 84-85, I was a rookie on the Yorkton Terriers, a rookie goalie, and we were a horrible team. <laughs> uh, I think we had seven wins, three, lo- uh, three draws, and 62 losses. And the goalie who played most of the time was a guy named Ralph Bechtel, who was a great guy and, and mentored me. He was a 20-year-old who had played in the WHL for Nanaimo, and it ended up as a 20-year-old playing for the Yorkton Terriers. And uh, he, he, he faced a lot of rubber. And so I got to play probably 10 games that year, and I was lucky to win two, which is kind of an achievement. when you, The team won only seven in the whole year. Yeah. I won two. Good percentage. So, <laughs> so one of the games was in York, and the North Battleford North Stars, our first place in the North, obviously were last place in the South. And the North Battleford North Stars are coming on a southern road trip. Yorkton, Melville, S. Van Waver, Swift Current, Swift Current Indians, they called, and then back to North Alford. It was like a week-long road trip. Friday night in, in Yorkton was first game, and I don't know, I just saw the puck really good that night, and our team actually played pretty well, and we won 3-2, and I was the first star of the game. Nice. A week later, this poor kid, 19-year-old winger from North Battleford, gets traded to Yorkton. Imagine, he's going from a first-place team mm-hmm. to a last-place team. And his first practice, after practice, he skates up to me and he says, okay, you little shit, you got to take me to Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner tonight. <laughs> like, what? He goes, yeah, you're paying. So we get undressed and we shower, and I'm like, I really had to take you to Kentucky Fried Chicken. He goes, yeah. So we go to Kentucky Fried Chicken in Yorkton, and I said, like, why am I buying you chicken? And he said, well, he said, after we lost, here last week. We were supposed to go to Malville. That's where our hotel was. We stopped at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Normie bought buckets and buckets of chicken 
and brought it onto the bus. And he looked around, and I don't know if you guys remember how Norm Johnson spoke, but he talked like Elmer Fudd. And Norm looked at the whole bus, and he said, look, the bus driver gets ticking because he did his job, and he got you here on time. Safe and sound in a snowstorm. <laughs> I, gave you, I gave you the game plan to not only beat these guys, but fucking crush them, and you didn't do it. He said, so I get a bucket of chicken. The rest of you fuckers starve. And he threw the chicken out of the bus into the snowbank. <laughs> wow. Well, Classic. Like said, he couldn't have just not bought his chicken, but he brought his chicken onto the bus. We could all smell it. It smelled great. Yeah. And then we watched him throw it into the snowbank. That is so funny. That's so funny, Blevs, because, and I think I was too buckled probably in January to tell you this, because there's a lot of story. I never played in Flin Flon when he was in Flin Flon, but I know some guys that played with him. And there was a story that a Flin Flon, so this is, let's say, late to mid 90s on the bus, they didn't have TVs. The most road trips in the freaking league, you don't have TVs. So once oh, yeah. they left. I want to say it was like Nipawin, maybe Melfort somewhere. They left their lost bad Kentucky Fried Chicken. Maybe it was his go-to. Kentucky Fried Chicken all the way to Flin Flon, which is like a five-hour, four-hour jaunt. All they got was chicken, no water. <laughs> like, wouldn't, wouldn't that, that would probably be, sounds, that, that, that'd be something he would do. Yeah, sounds like Normie. Hey. Why wouldn't a guy? Yeah, great story here today. Lauren Nielsen suiting up for the Bulldogs. 50 years old, also leads the Wilkie Care Home in scoring so far this year. To Schneider down the wing for the Cyclones. Schneider a shot nice and low, and that save. Of course, Schneider likes that shot. That was a big shot in the mid-80s when goalies were allergic to going down. Martin Smith had a great game today for the three stars. Of course, everyone remembers Martin Smith had a heck of a run back in the Grant Devine era. There's a shot of Bruce Yaki on the Wilkie Outlaws bench right there. They tell me this is the seventh time he's come out of retirement. That's a record in Saskatchewan Hog. Actually, that's a record in all Hawk. Don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to show you. I do I end up by your side. Don't know who to turn to. Don't know what I could do. How do I All right, senior hockey soiree, we're going to call it. It's unsponsored. Uh, it'd be nice to get a sponsor here, like someone like provincially, because this is going to, uh, you know, encompass the whole province. So, you know, for some guys that play senior hockey, it's like a minor addiction. Let's say like Pornhub or Salty Treats or golfing. They crave it. They can't stop doing it. Uh, some play long enough, surprisingly, to play with their kids, which is amazing. I know the small town guys, like the rural guys, they always have their kids a lot earlier than us uh, in the city. Might be the tight jeans. No idea what it is. Now, we had this thing on Twitter last week. Oldest guy you know that played senior hockey. It exploded. It went off. So Mike Sittler, I've never met him in my life. Boz knows him. Joining us, he's uh, from Wilkie. He's a captain? Allegedly. Yeah, that's... Uh... Actually, my dad coached for a couple of years, so he appointed me captain during that time, and uh, been there ever since. Why wouldn't it, Dad? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, and for some reason, Wilkie, like this, this whole senior, senior hockey old balls thing, comes back to Wilkie in a few different directions. There's like the Yaki, and then was there's the Nielsen, right? Or Nielsen, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. There's. There's something in the water here. Uh, the guy going well into his late 40s. I think Lauren was 
50, uh, 51 or 52 or something when he quit. And Unreal. actually, Bruce, he played uh, a few games with us this year, and he just turned 50 as well. So, yeah, it's quite magnificent, that's for sure. But how many times has Bruce retired and then come back? Like six oh. or seven? We've tried hanging his jersey up about six or seven times, and he just keeps puddling through the door with his bag. So how does that how does that come about, right? Because I'm 42, played a lot of senior hockey. I'm that guy that still thinks I can play, like a third, fourth line shift here and there. How, how does that come with Yaki? Does he like he call you guys? You call him? You're short. You got like seven guys. You're going to who eat them? Eat ham or whatever eat it's it. called. <laughs> like, how, how does it all come about with him? Or is he just always, like, by the rink when you guys are leaving? No, no. Like, he's just that guy that if you're short, he'll come out. He's, like, he stays in pretty good shape. He plays rec uh, most of the winter. So he's always in good shape. And when we need a guy, he comes out. He's a steady defenseman still, I got to say. If, when I'm his age, if I can bend over and put my skates and I'll be fucking happy with that. I remember he was he was good and it was funny because when COVID started I was watching the AAA game where we played Minnesota the the one game and uh yeah he was uh he was really good. Okay, so then this <sighs> Lauren, is it Lauren Nielsen? Hornet, yeah. Yeah, like jeez. He played at 50, signed in Bethune, but his his it's son's five a, different decades. His son's a stud though, right? Russ? Yeah. 50. Yeah. What what's going on? He's another one. He just loves it. He, he can't put the stick down. I'm pretty sure he was running like five miles a day, like when he was like 50, so he could play that fifth decade, like uphill <laughs> both ways too, probably. Like, did he play? He played just I, with the he, he that year. Yeah, he didn't like play the whole way through. He like played, and then he didn't play. Like he coached me in Bantam, and he wasn't playing, and then he started playing again, and then he stopped. Like he wasn't steady five decades, but. Uh, Oh my God! Yeah, still, still freaking amazing. Okay, now Martin, let's go to Martin Smith because I I know him. Fantastic uh, human being. My funny, my cousin Kelly played, and Kelly's like fifty. I don't know, 54, 55. So Jesse plays in Kyle. He's a stud. He's like twenty two, and he goes and watches him play Edham. Is it Edham? No. What is it? Edham. Edham. <laughs> like I don't know. Whatever the freaking three stars. And uh, he's like, oh, that Martin Smith. He must be related to like old Martin Smith. And then he looks, and it's Martin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what's going on? Oh, nice. Do you play against him? Uh, yeah, old Uncle Marty. We played uh, against him for years, and then we actually picked him up uh, for a provincial run, like, I don't know what that's got to be, four or five years ago. So it's a big schmozzle with the opponent. Uh, we were playing Rokenville then. They could, of course, feel the team for whatever reason. In the middle of provincials, they got guys going on a stag and whatever. Mexico. Oh, God, I freaking hate that. <laughs> league final. We lost a league final once. Not going to say the team. But the guys that I know that are listening to this know because we went on a oh, yeah guys are in Mexico what yeah unacceptable why are we scheduling a game then for starters sorry go ahead we're, we're, yeah we we ended up playing our game in North Battleford and Marty comes out with us he's playing he's got all of his uh, AAA players there and friends and family and he scores a hat trick just a typical Marty. Typical Marty goals, but yeah, he can still play, that's for sure. Let's go through some of these other ones. Yeah, Lauren Nielsen. You guys ever heard of the Joys Brothers in Conquest? No. Nope. Anybody that case? So I played Dinsmore year, like out of junior, doing the broadcasting thing. So there's they're two brothers. And and I think they, they give the names on here. It's one's like Clint or something. And I tell you, it's the 
you know, highlights in your hair, you're 20, you're fragile. And these guys are men. No palms in their gloves. No, probably no shoulder pads. I don't know if one had a mustache, probably reeked of darts. And these guys made conquest tick. I was going to say another guy that people talk about. I don't know who he is, but Snipe in Davidson. Played with Snipe. He played a long time too. Played, so here's here's the snipe here's the snipe story, and then I'm gonna say okay. So I come I moved to Regina from Saskatoon, and uh, snipe is gets me to go play war uh, Warhawks Adult Safe A Division. I'm like oh whatever. Matt Miller and Josh Miller are playing. He gets Jamie Miller, amazing player. Josh Richardson, amazing, and then some of these older guys, Leo Desume, Wade Dupuis, unbelievable team. So snipe puts together this stacked. A division adult safe team. We run Regina for 10 years. And all this whole time is Snipes playing senior in Davidson. I have no idea because I played senior the first few years and I kind of pack it in at like 34. And he played till 40, what was it, 46? And fast. Jets. Snipe had like Jets. I think he ended up playing till like two years ago. He was he was amazing. I'm trying to think up north. Anybody else, Mike, that comes to mind? Oh, not that I can think of. Not that old, like like 38, 39-year-olds is not that uncommon. But How many years get, have you played? You must be at, like, 12 years or so, 10 years? I started in 06, so I'm coming up on 15 here, if we ever get to play again. <laughs> so do those old guys, like the really old guys, like the 44, 45, 46, those guys, do they even get chirped or it's not worth chirping those guys? <laughs> you hear the usual lousy chirps about shut her down, your old, all that stuff. But no, they, I think they just like got the respect of all the, all the other people that are like, holy fuck, I, I hope to play that long. But no, they don't hear a lot, I don't think. Okay, before we let you go, we got to say Wilkie was down one nothing to Kindersley in the B uh, North final before old COVID hit. Uh, were you guys right in that one? What, what, how was that one going to shake down? And don't be partisan. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I'll say this. It was a really sloppy game. I think they ended up winning eight, seven in overtime. So it was a poorly, uh, defensively played game. Uh, I liked our chances going down to Kindersley, but, uh, I guess we'll never know what came of that one, but, I liked our chances, but I guess yeah, we were down one nothing when uh, Father COVID took over here. Yeah, how 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 many times a year do you get a message from Josh Miller wanting to come play? <laughs> that guy. Every every time we're in provincials down south, he comes rolling in the room, grabs a beer, sweats, fresh sweats. He's got his visor on, and he's just. At home. I know he went to that one game I went down to with Trent saying he was there and he was definitely went <laughs> to Eldorado's at one in the morning. Hey, the guy's working out hard right now. Like he might be making a push for next year. So, hey, uh, Mike, one last thing for you. Got to give uh, the hometown a little bit of a plug. So you've played 15 years. How many banners and league championships have you accepted uh, over those 14 and a half years? Uh, we went on a little bit of a tear here and we won nine. Yeah, nine championships since 2013. So, oh, no, wow, not a big deal. Not yeah, a big deal. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Hey, Mike, 
Thanks for joining us, Boz uh, Hook Jeblet. We're gonna, obviously going to have you on again here as this hopefully senior season uh, gets closer and uh, we get buzzing here because it's June and we're buzzing with senior hockey. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in October. <laughs> no, no problem, boys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really, I've been enjoying the podcast so far and good work. A big thanks to Mike Sittler for uh, jumping in from the Wilkie Outlaws. Boys, we got a couple more tweets. Oh, we, got, we have so many. Like It, it was amazing. And then, so what's the guy's name in Allen um, Kinner? Kelly Boone. Just got his jersey retired this year after 30 years. 787 games played, 596 tucks, 909 apps for 1,505 points. And they give you like his stats. That's unbelievable. So we had the Lums and Monarchs. Uh, f- fans of the program, of course. Chad Mazurik, he's only 42. If you've ever seen Chad Mazurik, dude's ripped. He's uh, He can play who knows how long. Broke his wrist this year, I think. Derek Halderson was talking about him. Haldy could probably still twirl as well. So then the guy in the, in the Highway Hockey League that I learned about this week from Siemens was what, Barry Peak. I'm trying to look for it here on Twitter. Barry Peak, and I think he played into his late 40s, maybe 50s, and possibly played with his kid. You guys ever been to the Siemens rink? Nope. They had mesh. Like, they had the, they had the chain for the longest time. Um, I saw Tyler Van Leuven get hidden out of the boards there. I honestly thought uh, that's the first time I ever going to see a guy die on the ice. The corners are square. It was an interesting barn. But, yeah, this Barry Peak guy, guys talk about him in the highway league. Kind of like Snipe, but I think he went a, four, a few more years than Snipe. And then uh, I remember Ray Van Warmer. Uh, no one no one mentioned that from the White Mud League. I played with him. And Ray Van Warmer, I thought he played goal for like everybody in the southwest, southwest Saskatchewan. I was going to say we had a tweet as well for uh, Jeff Odgers. Played his first senior game in 1984. He might be a name people know from playing some... Junior hockey in 1984, he started in Spy Hill, played his last game in 2018 with the Rokenville Tigers. So that's quite the career. Yeah, and then what is his son, Dakota Odgers? Yeah. Wasn't he on the – he was tweeting us. He that was, that was pretty cool. And yeah. And my one of my best friends, uh, Jeff Bellhumor, rest in peace, he used to always talk about uh, Odgers. And uh, the, like about probably six years ago, asked me, you want to come play provincials in Rokenville? And I looked on the map where it was and I was like, no, I'm good. Um, it's, it's a ways out there. Yeah, I got- want to just say good job. Uh, I don't really enjoy giving you compliments, Shink, but that tweet uh, that you said we should send out about the senior hockey thing, it was uh, seen by over 7,000 people on the Monday Nooner Twitter profile. It's, it's unbelievable. And like you guys know, every year at about January, I'm buzzing out there at Monday Nooner, and I think I could play third, fourth line somewhere. Like I asked Jesse and Kyle, because Kyle's a wagon, and then I asked Reach, I'm like, hey, if you guys ever need a guy, because you know, guys might uh, get COVID or something. Bus driver for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. But yeah, you hear some of these names, and it's – it was amazing. We might have to tackle it again down the road because, like, what was it? Rick Ector. Yeah, there's, there's Rick Ector in Lorburn. The Kelly Boone and Allen came a few. Greg Wills played for Kyle. Wills is my age. Um, I don't think he played this year. I think he played last year, and he was still good. His kid's pretty good. They played together. Yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome uh, an awesome way to tackle the Twitter, that's for sure. 
Yeah, awesome replies. If you want to check them out, you can search us uh, on Twitter at Monday Nooner to see all the replies we had. Or if you're just listening to this now, uh, you can always jump on and let us know if you know somebody uh, where they played and how long they played senior hockey. So the senior hockey thing went cuckoo bananas this week, and we had to go with the older guys. So sorry to the Craig Warriors. We love the support. Crake Warriors, we're going to talk about that battle indeed down the road, probably in Twirl 4, uh, and then I think they're on a collision course to play St. Wahlberg in the final, unless Beachy and De Silva had something to say about it, but next time, fellas, we're going to get you on. We're going to have to have Crake. We're going to have to do Crake for sure. Reacher's going to be pissed. I heard he had his family over waiting for Twirl 3 to drop, hoping for a name drop. So that is I'll not sure one guy you want to piss off either. Oh, God. Like whatever, like let's. Just, well, I'll bring Boha with me. We'll go out there. We'll have a few pints. Maybe we'll stay. Loves the CFB. We'll stay the night. I think that'll do it, boys. This has been the longest twirl in Monday Nooner podcast history, but it was definitely a fun one. Want to shout out our sponsors, their beauties. We want to thank them again for jumping on board, including Dave Spooner and Cathedral Electric, Joel Trap of Realty One in Regina, Healthy Eyes Optometry, and Doctor Sean Fleming. Great Western for the Pops and 22 Fresh. Love their gear. We'll see you next time for twirl number four of the Monday Nooner Podcast. Here's Fran Moran and the Nervous Rex. What you gonna do when the stops